0: Good morning, Arizona. Happy Sunday. Beautiful day here live from Sunny Slope with uh, Shira on the phones and music and Troy Barrett. On the news, uh, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. A beautiful morning it is. Couldn't be any nicer weather out there. And, uh, you know, kind of kind of a fun day for us today. Today's the first day we started picking our citrus. So, yes, the guys are harvesting Meyer lemons that we'll have in the stores this coming week. Anyway, beautiful morning out there. Great time to be here in the desert. You know, we pay for it all summer, but it certainly is very nice now. And uh, this is a list of participation programs, so give us a call. Number to call 602 Seven five eight two seven. That's two seven seven K T A R. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, how to grow it, where to grow it, why to grow it, and uh, certainly a lot of different things to do. And a beautiful morning out there to do them with. And uh, if you haven't hiked, if you haven't explored the deserts, now's the time. You know, it's from the Kofa Mountains down by Yuma to the Chiricawas. If you like it a little chilly, uh, a lot of different things to see in this state. Anyway, We'll take our first caller this morning, Karen and Cass Grand, and then we have. Greg Jason Chandler, and then it could be you. The number to call 277 two seven two seven seven K T A R. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Brian. And Picacho
1: Peak is
0: a wonderful hike, also. <laughs> oh, um, I- I'm going to tell a lion story later in the program for you. You know, if you if you want to, oh, okay. you know, there's a, there's a Panther Peak too, and you have to go see if you're in Casa Grande. It's not that far.
1: Oh, okay, I'll have to find that.
0: I, I really um, recommend hiking it in the daylight, though.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, that sounds ominous.
0: It <laughs> was about as scared as I've ever been. But anyway, go <laughs> ahead, Karen.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll to your story. Um, I, I have been hearing a lot about um, uh, root flares on trees. Mm-hmm. And I have a chili on the uh, Okay. and it, it, you can't see the root flare it just comes straight up do i need to do that out or is well you know the
0: thing is uh, karen your chilean mesquites by their nature have a kind of inferior root system they usually will Mm -hmm. come out and they don't necessarily have much of a flare and and they can have one major root that just goes out horizontal close to the surface so it depends a lot on how you water them how large is your chilean mesquite
1: it's uh, it's six years old. Gosh, it's tall. It's probably fifteen feet tall, and
0: and how large in diameter uh, is the trunk?
1: Oh, geez, the cross is probably maybe six inches, seven inches. Okay,
0: so yeah, it's just a nice, young, healthy tree. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you want it to root better. What you can do is this next spring, not now but like in April um, you can mm-hmm. you could dig around you could kind of just go around the surface and see where you can find major roots. And if you find that it just has like one major root going one direction, what I would do is send the tree down, reduce the the foliage by probably at least a third, and then sever that root you know out away from the tree two or three feet and um, and let it generate more roots off of that. But, uh, you know, it's just been our experience with, with... That's why we actually grow the American mesquite and we graft it onto an Argentinian rootstock is because it has a superior root to a Chilean mesquite. Uh, Chilean just they're, they're a great tree. I mean, the foliage is fantastic. You know, they're thornless. They have a lot of great characteristics, except for the root system. And uh, oh. so if you want to help your tree out, leave it till April. At April, just... Dig around it. Find out where the roots are going. If you got balanced roots going out away from it, it's probably fine. And then the key is with mesquites, especially chillians, is to deep water. So in the summertime, you want to water it once every week to two weeks. But you want to put on enough water to go three or four foot deep. And you want to put the water very close to the trunk, not spread out. Okay? Okay. Um, right. And then this
1: um, stone fruit in and- Citrus?
0: Do uh, do you need to show the no, root? no stone stone fruits and citrus are, are pretty much all grafted, and um, you, they're going to be grafted on like on a citrus. It's going to be a lemon or sour orange rootstock. Sour orange roots very deep. The lemons, the, the, you know, they're going to tend to have a lot more fibrous roots that are spread out. And on stone fruits, are like on Nemagard and different rootstocks that are very superior. So all those grafted trees, you really don't have to be concerned at all with the root flare.
1: Okay, thanks. Cause I have been confused because I hear a lot about it. Well,
0: Maybe you know, so some people just like to write and talk, you know, and like present host included, you know, what can I tell you? I don't write much because it takes too long, but I certainly do plenty of talking. But at any rate, I wouldn't be concerned with most trees of the root flare. You, you are right to be concerned probably with a chili mesquite. And, uh, the only way you can really find out what it does is to, to dig it up and find it. And the best time to fix it, if you have a problem, is going to be, you know, when it's growing in the spring, about, april and if you do have to sever some roots to get a bit more balanced root system don't be fearful in doing so but reduce the, the weight of the top of the tree by a third
1: so it, but if some of the roots are coming off around the tree there's three or four roots that
0: are um yeah going off in going different in directions both. that's all fine uh-huh. that's you know that oh, that's okay. perfect you know that's ideal okay, okay thank you so Thanks, much Karen. for your help great right. question have a nice day <laughs> Thank you. Have fun up there at Picacho Peak. There's not many prettier places oh, in the state.
1: It is beautiful this time of year.
0: Yeah, and you can go find some old, you know, slugs out there from when they had the great battle in Arizona during the Civil War. Anyway, <laughs> have, have a good day, Karen.
2: You too. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you.
0: Uh, Grace and Chandler. Good morning, Grace.
2: Hello. Happy Sunday to you as well. I it's have- a beautiful one. It is. It's a little bit cold, but it's okay. It's all right. It'll warm up. Um, I have a couple questions. I'm going to be redoing my pool, and I have eight rosemary, yellow, excuse me, orange bells, and sages around it that I need to actually remove. And I've had them since about this time, 2019 or February 2020. And I'm wondering, do I have to kill them or can I transplant them?
0: Okay, so you're going to remodel so that they're they're going to be in a a bad location then?
2: Yeah. Okay,
0: so um, you're going to probably have fair luck transplanting the yellow bells. Uh, Sages are much more difficult. You know, so okay. and it uh, and it's going to be a lot of work, and you know, and they're not expensive plants, so you could do it either way. But if you okay. want to move the yellow bells, okay, you would cut them back almost to the ground to like you know eight inches tall, okay. and try to get a root ball out, depending on the trunk, but try to get a root ball out at least eighteen inches to two feet. Okay,
2: and okay. then what about the crawling rosemary?
0: The trailing rosemary, forget the about fruit it. Fruit. It's just plant new yeah. ones. Yeah, it, it's not going to work. So oh,
2: well. okay. Okay, and then I also noticed that, so these plants have been here since 2019, 2020. Um, My orange bells, this last time that they bloomed, Mm -hmm. really came out a deep, 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 beautiful orange. And up to this point, I thought they were yellow bells with a little bit of mix of orange, because there was barely any orange. And I'm trying to remember, did I decrease the amount of fertilizing? And I don't think so, but I think... I reduce the amount of water. What would make them come out that beautiful color so I can keep that up?
0: Just be careful on what kind of mushrooms you eat.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay. I
0: mean, I, I really can't think of a good reason why the color would change. Okay. Unless it, you know, had okay. to do with hallucinogenics. And, and, you know, the mushrooms can be, you know, they can do those things.
2: Okay. Oh, well, no. Okay. All right,
0: well. <laughs> Grace, I really
2: don't I'll know. Up on that one.
0: <laughs> hey, have a nice day.
2: Okay. Bye-bye. All
0: bye-bye. Michelle in uh, Maricopa. Hello, Michelle.
2: Good morning. Morning. Um, My friend lives on the man-made lake here in Providence, and her backyard is lots of rocks. All of a sudden, she's got these huge mounds of dirt that Mm -hmm. start showing up in parts of the yard, and then also little holes that are in a perfect line. Is it a gopher running around her yard?
0: Sounds like it. Yeah, a gopher would be the one that I would look for. uh, Yeah. You know what? All you need to get rid of the gopher is a badger. Yeah, Badgers are so cool. It. We have one on our farm this year up in, in Taylor, and <laughs> it popped out of a, you know, groundhog hole. And it's just a uh, nice little striped face. And I said, Hi, hey, man, nice to have you here. But um, no, it's a gopher, and you really have to get after it because they do breed and uh, reproduce in the spring. So if it's the first one, there'll be more in the spring if you don't trap more.
2: that one. Okay, so let's to, to trap it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. You can
0: trap it. You can feed it bubble gum. You can get plastic explosives like in uh, Caddyshack. However you want to deal with it, you know, but it just needs to be dealt with.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Michelle. (laughs) Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break while we're gone. You can give Shira a call. The number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. It's Shira and Brian here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.
4: Go away today I don't feel much like dancing Some man's gone, he's tried to run my life He don't know what he's asking When he tells me I better get in line I can't hear what he's saying When I grow up, I'm gonna make it mine How much does it cost? I'll buy it. The time is always lost. I'll try it. And he can't even run his own life. I'll be damned if you run mine. Sunshine, sunshine, go away today. I don't feel much like dancing. Some man's gone, he's tried to run my life Don't know what he
0: well, welcome back, folks. Beautiful Sunday morning, and the sunshine is coming over the hills here in Sunny Slope. We do have a couple lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Uh, next up, we got Matt in Phoenix. Good morning, Matt. Hey, Brian. Good morning. I have a couple of Palo Verde trees that are they're probably one's like eight feet tall. The
5: other's a good maybe ten. And I want to thin them down a little bit. One of them has a split uh, trunk, which I don't really worry about. And the other one is two separate little trees that are kind
0: of growing kind of together. Okay, Matt, are these natural wild palaverdes that grow your house or ones you planted? Yeah, wild palaverdes. Cool. Okay, so they're probably either blues or foothills. And uh, you can prune them anytime. You know, okay. and you're pruning them just for aesthetics mostly. And uh, so, however you want to prune them for aesthetics, if, if you know you're going to leave them looking prettier than the way they are, or, or maybe a way you enjoy them more, so prune them today if you like. It's not going to harm them.
5: When I trim out the some of the smaller branches,
0: should I trim them right down to the trunk? Well, you don't want to cut. You know, when you're cutting and pruning trees and branches, you always want to leave a little short stub. Okay, that's kind okay. of the natural way for like a branch to shut off, and it okay. won't basically deteriorate the. Trunk. That way. So leave this okay. a short stub and prune away. Stub four or five inches? Well, it doesn't have to be that long. Just, you know, what comes off the branch, uh, I mean, off the trunk, just maybe like an inch or so, but just don't cut it back in flush to the wood. Done.
5: Hey, thanks as always. I
0: appreciate your show. Have fun, Matt. Happy pruning. Right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Oh, uh, let's see. Next up we have uh, looks like Donna in Peoria. Good morning, Donna.
1: Good morning, Brian. Uh, I'm hoping you can help. I have an ocotillus that's about 20 years old and probably about 25 feet tall, and it's always been beautiful, but we had a lantana bush that grew up in it, so my husband took that all out, but looking at the ocotillus, I don't know if you call it bark or skin, but it's (laughs) all peeling, and it's parts are so heavy that it's they're breaking off in places that I called one tree service and they didn't know anything about cactus or ocotillos wondering if you can help it just doesn't look good
0: well ocotillos have to be one of my favorite plant you know we have our species here and then we have about 90. six or eight more species down in mexico and even the bougian trees are related but uh, you can prune it pretty much any way you like you know with an ocotillo it's not going to harm it at all but you know we probably prune it is for structure and form and you Personally, I don't like to see okay. Ocotillo's prune where they come up and then they're cut and then they have a branch that comes back out. So if I were to prune an acatillo, I would probably right. take out whatever, you know, whatever branches I took out or stems or limbs, whatever you want to call them, all the way back to the main trunk in the bottom. Uh, but that's just my personal opinion. You know, you're not going to harm an Ocotillo by pruning it any way you want to.
1: Right, yeah, I think I had heard you say that before to go down to the root, and what about that peeling? From the, that's
0: not going to be a problem for an aca o- at all. No, it, it'll it'll callus over. It'll heal itself. Okay. Um, you know, there's nothing that's going to harm it along okay. those lines. So, not not to be concerned or worried at all. So and should, uh, you're pruning it just right. for aesthetics. I, oh, I mean, there's yeah. no other reason to prune it. So, prune it the way you like it. You know, it's like right. you, know, you know, if you go look at different styles of hair fashion, you know, it's kind of like pruning an aca However, you want it to be, <laughs> you can grow it in the mohawk if you want to.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good, good, good
0: suggestion. All right, Donald, have a wonderful day. Thanks for calling this morning. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Next up, we've got Gus, then John, then it could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR.
5: Good morning, Gus. Good morning. Can you hear me? Very clearly, sir. Uh, That previous lady a couple of callers ago, she said that she lives near a man-made lake in Providence, and I've never heard of uh, Providence in Arizona. (laughs) What I was calling about is uh, Jamie West the other day on the KTAR early morning news said they've broken ground on a master-planned community in Buckeye of 100,000 homes, and it's going to have... uh, it's going to be a self-planned master community. I think that's the one near uh, 333rd Avenue, the I-10. But this is where Arizona is making a big mistake. There's no trees out there for shade. They don't know if they're going to have enough water. And anyone who buys a house out there is going into a traffic trap because you have to take the I-10. So if you're going to add 100,000, Homes. That's a hundred thousand cars onto the I ten, and Arizona's going in the wrong way. Why don't they fix the inner city?
0: Well, you know, Gus, I I, I kind of tend to agree with you. You know, it's we had we had a good uh, friend, our our Dr. Shimbab. She was the pediatrician that kind of raised us all, and a female you know pediatrician back in those times in the fifties and sixties was kind of unusual. But you know what she thought is that we should build on the mountains and we should preserve the farmland in the city. You know, to farm. And and grow where the a good idea grow where the well. We're a little late now. It's going to be hard to tear, tear out the corner of Camelback and Central, and put a farm back in. But there was you know a lot of foresight and forethought that you know from the Native Americans that lived here first, and then followed up with the the, the farmers that you know and, and the people when we did the SRP project, and and now with the CAP project and all those projects and all that water are wonderful. Except for I heard a story this week where uh, they were talking about you know the rainfall up in Colorado and it's actually had the last four or five years about ninety percent of the normal rainfall but they're only getting sixty percent of the water because it's evaporating because our temperatures are coming up higher so there's all these things we need to take into the mind and consideration and and certainly we love to share our state with with newcomers and people coming from different places but I'm really getting you know a change of heart you know one time I thought everybody should live on an acre lot and have flood irrigation but you know that's not practical and that's not going to work anymore and the higher our density is, you know, and the way we build up here in the valley, and we can use far less water and we can preserve the rest of our state for places like for recreation and some of it for agriculture and some for mining. But, um, you know, as we go into this sprawl, water is going to be a big issue. And, uh, you know, not to deny someone his value to use his property out there has he's fit. You know, I'm pretty much
5: in people well, using like their the property. In, in Flagstaff, they want to build where the runoff from the forest fires are, those builders are wrong because those people's houses are going to get flooded every time there's a monsoon. And for people, there's another master plan community at 371st Avenue Cactus. It's called Johnson Ranch where Colangelo's involved. So, People from out of state that move there are in for a big awakening. Thank you.
0: Well, Gus, appreciate your call. Good thoughts, you know, and we need to always discuss these things and debate them and, and figure out the best way to develop because uh,
6: water is going to be an issue.
0: Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got John in Sun City. Good morning, John.
6: Good morning, sir. I've got a question about pictures Actually, it's my neighbor's tree. He had somebody take out a very large uh dead uh, portion of it and it exposed a whole bunch of the interior from top to bottom mm-hmm. so his bark has i think started to sunburn it's doing the peel thing and and you know literally coming off in strips so i'm asking you is that sunburn or is there something else going
0: well on? no that's sunburn john what uh, what variety is it Oh, I couldn't tell you. Is it an no, orange or a grapefruit a or a lemon? Yeah, oh, or? I'm sorry. It's, a, it's an orange tree. Okay. I couldn't tell you what. So you or, know, orange idea. orange trees are pretty special, especially some of those in Sun City, because there's some really high quality navels and sweets and Valencias out there. So what I would do with that tree is I would wrap the wood that's exposed right now with, a you know, the okay. easiest thing is just a towel or an old sheet and just wrap it and protect it. You know, that's why you see all the trees painted, but protecting it's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then coming along in about uh, the first or second week of, uh, February, I would prune the tree back severely, maybe reduce its size by 50% or more, and let the new buds come back out. And that time of year, they'll, they'll grow back very quickly, February, March, and it'll put out new buds, and it'll come back and protect itself. Now, the wood where the bark's already peeling, that cambium layer in that wood's already dead, so that's not going to come back.
6: But So that branch is going to die then? That's probably, yeah,
0: but not necessarily the whole branch, because it's probably got a backside that's in the shade, okay? And the backside that's in the shade will Will generate new buds will pop out of it, and it'll come back and protect itself. you know nature's a wonderful thing, and if we let trees come back and grow they you know they're going to try and protect themselves so what I would do though is just do major pruning on the tree, wait and do it like in February, and in the interim I would wrap the branches with like a sheet or a towel or you know some kind of fabric just to wrap them and uh, protect them from the sun, and it'll regenerate back in the spring, but you'd probably want to prune the whole tree back so that it balances as it comes back out, and uh, certainly oh. worth pursuing preserving an old orange tree.
6: Sure. Uh, one more question then. Uh, you said rapid. Could mm-hmm. it be painted? Yeah, What's absolutely. You?
0: you know, the paint, the paint works and helps. The difference between paint and, uh, you know, it's more like sunblock, okay? When you go to the beach, if you wear clothes, you're going to get more protection than the paint, okay? But the paint yeah. certainly like putting sunblock on. It's certainly going to paint it. and It's going to protect it a lot more than nothing. And the thing with the paint, that's kind of a forever look. So if you want to paint right. it, paint it. And there there is brown paint that goes on trees, too, that huh. is more natural tone of the trunk of the citrus you could paint it with. But paint it or wrap it or protect it somehow and prune it in February, and it'll come back and make a magnificent tree again. And, you know, every orange tree is worth preserving. And the older oranges, like in Sun City, can easily live 100 years. So they're only like 50 or 60 now. So they got plenty of time left.
6: Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Well, I'll let him know, and I sure appreciate your help in your show. Thank you.
0: John, thanks for the call. Have a nice weekend. You too. Bye bye. Oh, we're gonna take a short break. No, we're not gonna take a break. No, we've got Troy here. Troy Barrett's here with the news. We're gonna find out what's happening in the world and the planet. And then we're gonna be back with Mary and Cave Creek. In the meantime, if you'd like to be on after Mary, uh, you can give Shira a call at 277 KTR. We're here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Shear waking up. I can see her back there yawning. She's got a great smile this morning. <laughs> we're here we're here every Sunday morning from seven to nine on 92.3 FM, KTAR.
7: Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide-open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze And listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees Send me off forever, but I ask you please Don't fence me in Just turn me loose, let me straddle my old saddle Underneath the western sky I see the mountains rise. I want a ride to the ridge where the west commences. At the moon, till I lose my senses, and I can't look at hobbles, and I can't stand fences. Don't fence me. In. Well,
0: we are here in a beautiful state with a lot of state land, a lot of federal land, a lot of native land, so. There's a lot of it unfenced. A lot of beautiful places to ride, folks. Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, and we'll talk to Mary about riding up in Cape Creek here in just a minute. And after Mary, we've got four open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Mary. Hi, Brian. How are you? Wonderful.
1: I have a question. Um, we have a couple of palm trees that were small palms that we're going to be taking out on a side yard. And we'd like to plant a uh, a navel or grapefruit citrus tree up here. hmm and I was wondering if you could recommend a particular um, variety that would do well here in Cave Creek.
0: Well, you know, it's going to be easy to grow, especially if you're on a hillside, because it's warmer on the hillsides and cold, colder down the arroyos. And uh, so there's no problem planting any kind of citrus you like. And what I would really recommend is just, you know, see which ones you enjoy the most, you know, which you like to eat. There's navel oranges. are smaller trees, slower growing, wonderful quality fruit. The caracara is a nice one, which is a red navel. So those are both really mm-hmm. good, you know, orange varieties. Grapefruits, there's a lot of different ideas and flavors. There's a Oro Blanca, which ripens first. You can taste right now. And it's a white one. And it's actually a hybrid between a pomelo and a grapefruit. And then all of, progressively our other grapefruits start to ripen. The The traditional favorite here is probably the ruby red or red blush. It could be called, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's a, a favorite variety. And that one ripens, you know, really it's its best in April or May. You know, later in the seasons when it's better. So if you wanted to have two grapefruits, you could do, uh, you know, a, 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 like a ruby red, you could pick those all summer and you could have an oro blanco and pick those all spring and you'd have grapefruit year round. And, uh, with oranges, you could do the same thing. If you want, if you have room there, you could have like a, the earliest ones, the caracara navel. And, uh, then you could have like a miniola tangela ripens in the spring. And then you could have a valencia orange ripens in the summer. So there's, there's hardly a month here in Arizona when you can't pick citrus.
1: Okay, and um, I remember we've been here a long time, and I recall someone telling me that uh, you need a second citrus tree to help with pollinization. Is that
0: true? Well, pretty much not really. I mean, mo- most most citrus <laughs> are going to self-pollinate. You know, there are pollinators when we used to plant, you know, like in our many in Latangelo groves, we would have some temple oranges that were planted for pollinators. But we've got a grove that's got both. And, we you know, we seem to get good pollination either way. There's there's enough citrus around most places. In our grove, there's a lot. But, um, you know, if you wanted to plant different varieties, you'll probably get a little better pollination. But most citrus will self-pollinate.
1: Okay. Good to know. All right. Gosh, thanks for the information. Well, I I hope I didn't confuse
0: you even more, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but,
1: well, we're not around in the summer, so that'll really limit our. Um, even in the spring, we're off in our little RV. So, okay, um, we'll look for a winter, late, you know, late winter blooming. Well, you'd
0: variety. probably want you want probably the varieties that ripen the earliest, then, because you know, like an Oro Blanco grapefruit, you could plant that, and it would be you could start harvesting them now. Okay, and you could harvest them all the way through April. To, you know, by the time you leave, they'll be done, and you could okay. do the same thing with like a navel orange you know a navel you can start harvesting them in december and they'll be good in the tree through march so you've got a pretty long season that's where citrus is different than like stone fruits is you don't have to pick them all at once and you know and if you like lemons i mean lemons are with our main crop that we grow and you could pick lemons here pretty much from october till april
1: yeah Yeah, well, we have our hearts set on either a navel or a grapefruit, so we'll Well, look for an early ripener. Yeah,
0: plant one of each. You can even plant them together.
1: If we have room, that'll be, you know, that'll be the question, if we've got room for them. How much spacing should we, and we're like in our 70s, so, you know, we're not going to be around forever, so how much? Spacing should we have and which ones will start producing the earliest?
0: Well, you probably, you know, you want to buy a little time, you know, so you can buy like a 36 inch box size and, you know, you have fruit right away and you can come into the nursery, actually even taste the fruit on them before you buy the tree. And and as far as spacing wise, navels or or oranges are going to be a lot smaller and grapefruits are going to be larger. So a grapefruit, you'd probably want to leave 12 to 15 feet and a navel 10 to 15.
1: Okay. All right. Super. Have Thanks fun, William. I appreciate your time.
0: <laughs> Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Uh, Kathleen in uh, Avondale is up next, but after Kathleen, we've got wide open phones. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Give, give Shira a call. She's back here smiling. Hi, Kathleen.
1: Hello. Hello. I'm I'm wondering about a ground cover. We have flood irrigation, and I have a space that has a little bit of shade, and I was wondering about creeping thyme. You know,
0: you could uh, probably the easiest thing though is Dichondra. You know, and
7: dichondra, oh, okay.
0: dichondra will reseed and spread itself. It'll take quite a bit of shade, and it's very easy to grow with flood irrigation. In fact, most lawns, like in Central Phoenix or Mesa, they're flood irrigated, already have some dichondra.
1: Yeah, I, we do have some dichondra.
0: Yeah, what you could do but if you wanted more of it, just seed some of it, and you would seed it like in April or May. And it'll, it'll uh-huh. fill right in, just rake it, seed it, and maybe get some heavy enough mulch it will stay down just to kind of put on top of it to keep a little wetter with a hose for, you know, two or three weeks. And after that, it'll be germinated up and it'll grow fine with the irrigation.
1: Okay. okay. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Kathleen. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Well, that leaves us with wide-open phones live here in Sunny Slope with these beautiful mountains. The sun's up, and it's uh, going to be a beautiful day. This it's, it's doesn't get much prettier than this. So. Give Shira a call. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We could talk about the landscape of your dreams. We could talk about the nightmares that we have, all the different things to grow. You know, we're so fortunate to be here in a subtropical climate, and that allows us to grow wonderful citrus and beautiful desert trees and a lot of tropicals as well well. And we have desert tropicals that come, you know, not only from our Sonoran desert, but from deserts around the country, from Africa and Asia, and a lot from Australia, and a lot of different plants that just really thrive here. But for all plants growing here, the really key is water. I mean, everything has to have some water. Even our native plants that grow up and down all the hills will thrive in the arroyos and areas where the water collects a little bit more. But when we water, we want to make sure that we water deep and not so often. You know, most plants are going to uh, be desert acclimated or desert types of plants. And, and this time of year, once established with some size to them, you know, can live with little or almost no water, you know, once every two weeks to once every month, depending on the varieties. And in the summertime, you know, when they're, getting in, you know, the heat, especially in June when it's really tough here before the monsoon starts, you know, a deep irrigation once a week will grow just about anything. Anyway, give us a call, 602-277-5827. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares. If you're doing something different at home, we'd love to hear from you. Lots of styles, lots of ways to do things, lots of crops to grow. You know, we're here in a season where we grow beautiful flowers in the desert, but we also grow wonderful produce. I mean, if you're going to grow some greens, you know, everything from mustard greens to lettuce and if you want to plant some root crops like carrots and you know pretty much all, all different kinds of root crops do really well radishes this time of year if you wanted to grow some onions now's a great time to plant them but a uh, lot a lot of fun things to be grown here in the desert and we are the the place that supplies most of the country this time of year with a lot of the fresh green produce next call is up renee in phoenix if you like to be after renee give us a call 602-277-5827 good morning renee Good morning. How are you this morning?
8: I'm doing good. How are you? Excellent.
0: Thanks for asking.
8: I have a question about some pomegranates. Okie doke. Uh, We have a 100 year old home that we purchased that's on about a half an acre, and we've created sort of a mini homestead. Um, and I've been working on these pomegranates for two or three years now. And each time we have a harvest, they're just not coming out to taste. Um, they're staying sort of white. Uh, we also have flood irrigation. And uh, this year seemed to be a really good crop. I had a, uh, an aspiring arborist out last year, and we cut the trees back really well. And they produced quite well this year, but we were annihilated by the leaf-footed bug.
0: Okay, so... So You have to protect them. I mean, that pruning that you did is fantastic. That's what it takes to grow nice quality pomegranates. But if you want to eat the pomegranates, then you have to protect them. The time when you protect them is usually in September. And you could do that with a paper bag and a rubber band, or you can buy little mesh nets that you could find that go over the plant and protect it from the insects. But if you don't cover your pomegranates, you're not going to harvest good pomegranates because between birds and bugs, everybody loves pomegranates. So that that's (laughs) going to be why you're not getting the crop. And then... pomegranates really aren't ripe yet, you know, for the wonderful, which is the common variety that would be a hundred year old pomegranate here in the Valley. They're going to be their best in about three or four weeks. So you're early. Okay. Okay. So if you'll just leave them And and if you have ones that haven't been eaten by the insects yet, go out and take a paper bag, put it over the fruit. You know, put a rubber band around it, pinch it off on the trunk so they can't see it, out of sight, out of mind, and uh, that preserves them so that you can harvest them instead of the critters.
8: And do they do they produce well after a hundred years? Or Absolutely, pomegranates
0: are a okay. wonderful, wonderful plant. And that pruning okay. that you did—if you pruned them way back to the trunk and reduced all that, took all those the shoots and suckers away, and then reduced the plant down to like eight to ten feet—if you go in Central Valley of California where they grow hundreds of acres of pomegranates, that's exactly how they prune them every year.
8: Oh, perfect. Okay, so we are on the right track,
0: at least. You're exactly on the right track. You just have to deal (laughs) with the insects. And and you may be late, okay? But if you go out and see ones that aren't quite ripe yet, that the insects haven't bothered, bag them. Take a paper bag and rubber band, bag them, protect them, and you'll have them. And they'll be really good for Christmas. Perfect. Oh,
8: Christmas time is when we should harvest, right around then?
0: That's when they're ripe, yeah. Mid mid to late December, huh?
8: And then don't worry about adding in new crops. These trees should keep going for quite some time.
0: Those trees are going to outlive us.
8: Good. Wonderful. Thank you.
0: Yep, they are wonderful pomegranates. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Next we've got Bert and AJ. Hi, Bert.
1: Hi. Uh, I have sort of a baking question that has to do with lemons. Okay. I, make this le- <laughs> I make this lemon pie. Uh, you cut up the whole lemon, skin and all, throw it in your blender. It's just wonderful, but One time I... The, it was just so bitter. I thought, are there different kind of lemons? Absolutely.
0: Up? You know, it's a great question, and I, I appreciate the lead-in because I was going to do a little tip for our guys. But uh, the Safeways Albertsons guy and and all the Sprout stores are going to have our mm-hmm. Meyer lemons in next week. So they'll have them in times mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. If you want to make a wonderful lemon pie, uh, go in and grab some Meyer lemons. We're picking. We just started harvesting today, and they'll We're be definitely. in those stores, and we'll probably get them over to you know some other stores here within the next week or so as well. We usually have them at AJ's and some different stores too. But if you want to make a wonderful lemon pie, go into the store, you'll get a fresh Arizona-grown Meyer lemon. Just pick this week. We don't gas them. They're ripening on the trees and you'll be amazed at the quality lemon pie you can make. Okay,
2: because this I use this
1: you know the outer shell, I mean mm-hmm. the skin. I use everything. So. Well, when you're, yeah,
0: you can actually just take the Meyer lemons and drop them right in a blender. I mean, you're going to have the right. seeds, but aside from that, the the, the the rind's wonderful. When we first started okay. selling the Meyer lemons, what I used to do is I'd walk into the stores, and I would bite it and eat it like an apple. You know, right through the skin oh. and all, and um, wow. I would get juice on the floor. You know, different things. But you know, mm-hmm. produce people are produce people, and the, the guys at the stores usually love you know, the entertainment. And wow. uh, but okay. Meyer lemons, if you want to use higher lemon, you can't beat them.
1: Yeah, okay. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a line open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Here every Sunday morning with Sharon on the phones and music. Give us a call. You know what, it is a beautiful day, and those three little birds, I hope they were at your house as well this morning. Uh, Beautiful day out there. Anyway, we'll get right back to the phones. We do have one line available, a number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Brian in Scottsdale, good morning.
2: Hey, good morning, Brian. I have
0: a
5: uh, grass that I overseed, and um, there is some little tiny very dense clumps of some other weed that has slowly been growing in there. And now it's starting to take
0: over an entire part of the yard. How do I get rid of those? Non-grass. Well, this time of year, it's pretty easy because you can use products with 2,4-D, which is an active ingredient. It's also uh, Agent Orange, you know, is the stuff that they defoliated the forest with in Vietnam. But 2,4-D is a selective herbicide that will kill broadleaf plants, not grasses. So as long as you're careful not to get it on other trees and shrubs, you can spray that. It'll very effectively eliminate uh, all those broadleafs this time of year. Even though they're small leaves, we still call them broadleafs. Right, and that'll help with the uh, the mesquite seeds that are also growing down there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it, will, it will kill the mesquites, too, if they're coming up. Though mesquites are is, a little deeper rooted and a little tougher to kill. Is that pricey? No. No, you can buy it in a lot of different brands. Weed Be Gone is one. You, you know, you'll find the same active ingredient in a lot of herbicides. And it's one you don't really want to use here in the summer when it's hot because it'll volatilize. But in the wintertime, it's great. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see next we've got susan and glendale good morning susan
2: good morning brian how are you
0: excellent thank you for asking
2: good it's a beautiful morning hey i have a variegated rubber tree plant that i have indoors at my studio and it's facing north which is great light um, but I've got a lot of um, dead stuff on the ends of the leaves
0: Okay, so when you what water it, when you water it do you you leach the uh water out through the bottom of the pot, do you take it out somewhere in water it? I do not okay I do not and do, you, do you, have you fertilized it much? Yes, I do okay, so it the outside burn in the leaf okay is usually the plant getting rid of its toxicity, okay, and it can be one of two things it can be salt burn. Or it could be fertilizer burn, which is kind of a salt either. Either way. So what you'll want to do is you'll want to leach it out. So just take it somewhere in water, it, leach it out. And then the easiest fertilizer to use on a houseplant like that is, is Osmocote. And it's a slow release fertilizer. You put it in and it lasts for three months. So it really doesn't, you know, burn it all at one time. So I think your okay. burn's either going to be a salt burn or fertilizer burn. But the nice plants, rubber plants are really tough and it'll grow back out of it and the new leaves will come out fine.
2: Sounds great. I have one other question. Mm -hmm. I have a milkweed plant. that I just um, had a caterpillar go into one of the bushes to, I guess, start creating the um, chrysalis. But how do I propagate those? I have a lot of friends that want some.
0: Is it a tropical or desert milkweed?
2: Tropical. I bought it from you. I bought two of them. They're the easiest thing in the world to grow.
0: You know, Susan, all you have to do is take those cuttings off of that, cut them to little stems about four or five inches, and you could put them into a, you know, just really a regular potting soil. Dip them in a little rooting hormone if you want to. If you don't, they'll still root, and uh, every one of them will grow. It's one of the easiest awesome. plants to propagate you've ever seen. And
2: is this a good time to do it? It's a lot
0: easier in the spring when it's warmer. You know, in, in the days, okay. they're going to get more light and it's warmer. So it's really most of those kinds of plants you're going to grow from cuttings would be easier to grow in the spring. But, you know, with artificial light and things, especially with all the people growing marijuana anymore, you can grow plants anytime, anywhere with the light. You know, so right. by having the light, you know, you can you can propagate them really easy. But you could probably even still propagate them in a window seal. Just put them in there with a the window okay. and put the little cuttings in and you'll be surprised how how well they'll do. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Have a nice weekend, Susan. Thanks for calling. Thank Bye. Oh, and let's see. Next up, we have Brenda and Gilbert. Good morning, Brenda.
1: Good morning. Um, I need a tutorial on jalapeno plants.
0: Oh, they're the most wonderful oh. things in the world. There's nothing like chilies.
1: <laughs> yeah, but mm-hmm. I don't understand them. So um, I have two, and um, they have. One plant could have either mild, medium, or hot, or it can have green, or green with dark, dark darkened, almost blackened, or red. And so, I've heard that if they get large, they turn red. But no, that's not true. Sometimes well, it grows little teeny red ones that are really, really hot. Yeah, so I well, don't understand they're, that they're,
0: they're ripening. You know, when they're ripe, they're red, you know, when they're completely ripened. So it doesn't really matter what size they are. It's just the status of that particular chili on the plant. And it's going to vary okay. a lot depending on the weather and the time of year. You know, but what's wonderful about growing chilies here is that, you know, the chilies can leave. You know, can keep the plant for three or four years Do you have them in containers or in the ground
1: no they're in my garden okay. so um but i haven't this is a i planted them last year and mm-hmm. i've cut them back once
2: okay you
1: know right next to a basil plant mm-hmm. that i let bolt all the time so the bees will always come okay um but I I just wondered, like, there, it's almost like it's a variety jalapeno plant.
0: Well, it's, it's different ripeness, different periods of time. And, they're, you know, and they, they cycle different times of the year. You know, the main chili harvest is going to be in the spring, but that doesn't mean you can't harvest chilies all, almost year-round. Um, right. So, the, you know, at different times they're going to ripen. And the different sizes when they're turning red, that just tells you that they're, they're all the way ripe when they're red. And, you know, the smaller That's ones will probably be hotter than the than the bigger ones, especially if you're picking the large ones when they're green, because they're not, you know, all the way developed and you know they don't have all their heat to them yet. But you know, I, I think that you're yeah, having I, a lot of fun with them, Brenda. I would just enjoy them for I, what I, they are. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just can't. My son will say, "But I want a hot one." I say, "I can't tell you if it's hot." <laughs> so I get it off here.
0: <laughs> well, you know, they're going to typically if they're ripened all the way ripe, they're going to be hotter. So if they're red, they're going to be their maximum because they're all the way hot. But um, they <laughs> they, do, they do very lot, you know. And just okay. if you want, if you want different varieties, you know, plant some Anaheim's and some other ones, and then you can plant some Serrano's, which are pretty hot, and if you're crazy, you can plant ghost peppers. Oh,
1: no, no, I don't want to go. (laughs) I don't like them.
0: (laughs) And I like fairly hot chilies. I don't like the little small Vietnamese ones that my grandfather used to trick me with either. I mean, you
1: know, he
3: had
0: a great sport. Him and his buddy Jim would come over and, oh, Brian, you like chilies? Here, try this one. And then watch the tears run from my eyes and laugh. But you know, and,
1: and then you couldn't you couldn't taste for a week because your mouth was. Dirty. Well,
0: was, they were pretty hot. <laughs> anyway, okay. enjoy okay. them, Brenda. You know, and I, I don't okay. have a great solution for you to know how ripe they are other than as they do mature on the plant, they're going to get hotter. Have a nice day. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you. Well, it looks like it's time. We're going to run in here and find out what's happened in the news and all that kind of stuff. Again, we'll be back in just a minute with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we do have a couple lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827 277-KTAR and you can give Shira a call and you could be up after Carol on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show and uh, we've got three lines open so it's a great time to call. We'll be right back after the news and uh, hope you're enjoying the morning. Come out and see us at the nursery too if you get a chance. You know, perfect time to plant flowers and even chilies.